Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. You know, one of the things I love about doing this show is just the conversations we get to have and many of the quite conversations that happen even before we come on air uh, that always get me thinking, making sure I'm being observant of what's going on in the world around us to make sure that we're not just getting caught on headlines and uh, divisive rhetoric from politics or things that are distracting us from the more important and crucial conversations in our homes and in our communities. Uh, and today we were in the newsroom and uh, had a great conversation uh, just about loss and about mourning and grief. And it, it just made me kind of circle back. Obviously, we've reported on a lot of people passing over the last several re- weeks. Mikhail Gorbachev, of course, uh, Queen Victoria, we're continuing to to watch that. Uh, my mother, Carol Matheson, passed away a week ago. And uh, we've just uh, learned Ken Starr, a uh, prosecutor and uh, very well known during the Clinton years, uh, passed away today as well. And it's interesting when we think about that kind of loss, we, we don't always talk about the grieving component to all of that. And I think it's an important conversation for us to have. Uh, one of the things that I have noticed in loss is this absence of presence. Uh, an absence of a loved one's presence is real, and it is really, really hard, especially in the early days. We were talking about the fact that uh, even as you look at the royal family, uh, you can see in their faces there there is this sense of loss, this absence of the queen's presence. And the interesting thing to me is that when you experience that, you you know you have hit a different level of emotion a different level of who you are and what makes you you. And sometimes we push that away. Sometimes we buy into this whole, you know, you got to buck up, stiff upper lip and, uh, and just carry on. And I think we miss a lot in that. Uh, I often go back to university of Houston research professor, Brene Brown, uh, who has always wisely challenged her readers show up for collective moments of joy and pain. So we can actually bear witness to the inextricable human connection. And those collective human connections that that come through gathering, and whether that gathering is a celebration or whether it's in sorrow, uh, I, I really believe that that is the fabric that binds individuals to each other, to their families, to neighborhoods and community, uh, and to important institutions as well. And so when we think about that, that, again, absence of presence, and then where does that go? One of the things that, that I have found is when you, when you mourn that loss of someone, you, you feel it. You feel that absence of presence. But then the interesting thing is that over time, uh, I found that you actually discover that that loved one lost has infused herself or himself so deeply into your soul and into who you are that in some ways they actually become more present in your day-to-day world than they were before. 
and you almost end up with these different conversations that you might have had through text or a swing by uh, a good friend or a loved one's house. Uh, You have a different kind of conversation. Uh, But you have to go through all of that. Uh, You have to experience that suffering, that loss. You have to go through it. Uh, You can't short-circuit it. Uh, You can't ignore it. Uh, You can't prevent it. You just have to engage it. Uh, Another uh, great thing that Brene Brown has has often shared uh, is this whole idea, and I firmly believe this, that crying with strangers in person could actually save the whole world. Uh, I really believe that. And learning to mourn together, uh, I think, is something that connects us uh, in a unique and a divine way where we recognize uh, not just the humanness that we all possess, but the divinity that we all possess. Uh, And that's an extraordinary place to get to. But it requires all of us to kind of break down the facade. Uh, Again, this uh, I got to be perfect, got to be tough, you know, all of those kinds of things that just aren't even real. And that requires us to get to this important thing called courageous vulnerability, where you can say, you know what, I am sad today, or I am missing a a spouse, a parent, a grandparent, a loved one. Uh, It's okay to be sad. Uh, It's not a sentence to endless suffering. And so we have to go beyond just this outward projection of everything's good, all awesome, all the time. Uh, you have to have it all together. You can't, you know, get it uh, anywhere else. Uh, but but that's so not real. And so we hide behind these these masks, especially when we're struggling or when we are mourning. And we we try to be perfect. And whether that's in our workplaces, our schools, our churches, uh, out in public, uh, we're we're really wreaking havoc on ourselves internally, psychologically spiritually. Uh, I think we're kind of sinking our souls a little bit. And we look at things like anxiety and depression, discouragement, all of those things. Uh, if we just had the the courageous vulnerability uh, to share some of that uh, in a very real way, uh, I think changes the conversation. And it helps connect us to the things that we're sad about or the things that we're struggling with. I actually think courageous vulnerability uh, may be one of the most important attributes for parents and for their children to develop. Just that ability to be able to ask for help, uh, I think it really changes everything. And being able to have empathy. So when a child comes home frustrated, maybe with something uh, one of their classmates did or something a teacher said, that rather than just telling our kids to just get over it or buck up or, you know, just forget about it, let it go, if instead we could show some authentic, courageous vulnerability and say, man, I totally understand that. I was interacting with my boss today and I felt this. Or I remember experiencing this and I felt this way. So something they say, oh, wow, mom and dad can can feel those same kind of feelings of whether it was shame or guilt or frustration or anger. Uh, That's a good thing. Uh, Vulnerability always uh, sounds like truth and it feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable. Not always comfortable, but they're never weakness. That's, I think, the important thing that we have to, to understand and really work through. 
Uh, we've had Senator Ben Sass, uh, senator from Nebraska, on this program a number of times. And I always go back to his book called The Vanishing American Adult uh, and talks about how we're creating these facades and how, especially with our children, we're often bubble wrapping them to protect them from failure, to protect them from discomfort, to protect them from, from pain or sadness. Uh, and he says we actually need to do the opposite. Uh, Senator Sass described what they do at his house. He said, at our house, we celebrate scar tissue. <laughs> I love that. Celebrate the scar tissue, whether that's falling off a bike, failing to make a team, losing a class election, being rejected by a boyfriend or girlfriend, uh, losing a job, uh, not getting a job. Uh, all of those things that we can look at it just a little bit different. And again, when it comes especially to the lessons that we learn in grief and loss, absence of presence is real, but there's a, a softening that comes from that suffering, and you soon recognize that, that person that you've lost is more present than they've ever been. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources. Go out today and see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.